Hello everyone, we've just got one verse we're going to be looking at, but I believe it's a vitally important talk today. I'm really excited about it because it's about a life of purpose in the Holy Spirit. It has to do with us being guided by the Spirit. And when we think of the Holy Spirit, we know that the Holy Spirit is a person. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And when we become followers of Jesus, the Bible makes it very clear that the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. And because that's true, he is always there. He'll never, ever let us go, but he is always there to guide us and lead us. And I want us to understand this from this passage. Now, Romans chapter 8 it's being called Paul's Pentecost. If you want to know how the Holy Spirit operates and how the Holy Spirit works, Romans chapter 8 is really good. Last week we looked at the contrast there should be between those who live by the Spirit and those who satisfy natural inclinations. There's a law at work, a law of sin and death, but there's also life in the Spirit and there needs to be a contrast. And therefore, when we become followers of Jesus, we become different people. Notice I didn't say weird, strange, or odd. Just different. And often the problems that we have as Christians is because we never really grasp that contrast. That we're changed from being people who are attached to a, a dark a, a, a kind of a spiritual gravity that always pulls us down. It's known as the law of sin and death. But the moment we become followers of Jesus, we're brought into this new scene where we live life in the Spirit. And as we live life in the Spirit, and it is a, a whole life adventure where we learn to hear the voice of God. So today we're talking about the leading of the Holy Spirit and it's one of the evidences, actually, that we are sons and daughters of God, that we are children of the living God. Some of you may say, well, I'm not sure that I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure that I'm being guided by the Holy Spirit. I just want to encourage you, because the more you get into this, the more you will open your heart and the more you'll hear his voice. We hear his voice through his written word, but I can guarantee that the Holy Spirit within us helps us and guides us if we are listening and if we tune in to what he's saying. You know, leadership is vitally important and leader, leadership that, uh, that uh, is really important has people that, that follow and so leadership is very important. I want us to start our thinking with the greatest leader of all. His name is Jesus. And Jesus, when he taught his disciples, he was the leader. They acknowledged that, but he discipled them. And then right at the end of his life, he goes to these disciples and he commissions them. We call this the Great Commission. And he says, go into all the world, preach the gospel, baptize people. But then there's a bit that often we miss, which is this, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. You do know that discipleship is about being obedient. I think it was Yonggi Cho that said this, I live by a simple principle. I pray and I obey. Obedience marks out the fact of a disciple. If you follow the leader, 
you are obedient to what he says because he is the son of God. <laughs> leadership is flawed, isn't it? There are good leaders, but human leadership has flaws within it. But when you follow Jesus, he's the flawless, sinless son of God. And we can trust him. And therefore, in that great commission, go and do all that stuff. But make sure you teach people to be obedient. And part of our problem, I think, in living the Christian life is we're not always obedient to what God says and to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So it takes time, doesn't it? And I think for many of us, we find that uh, this is a challenge on a daily basis. Am I going where God wants me to go today? Am I being led by the Holy Spirit? So Jesus is this great example. Jesus, the leader, the disciples are followers of Jesus, and they do everything he commands. And I believe the Holy Spirit is like that. In the same way, the Holy Spirit guides us and leads us. And if we are sons and daughters of God, we will want to obey him. I have found in my own life that the frustration times come when I hear the voice of God, but I prefer my own way. Or I try to filter it slightly. Or to think, that's a hard way, Lord. And I've found through quite a few years of experience, the best way to live and the most exciting way to live and the greatest adventure of life is to obey the Holy Spirit so that you get to know how he speaks. I was thinking about this because when I stand up here, I want to be someone that tells it in a way that um, identifies with my own story. The same spirit that I heard speaking to me when I was a boy, I've got to recognize his voice. And the longer I've gone on in life, I can say that the same voice that spoke to me as a young boy is the same voice I hear today. I've got to learn uh, what his voice sounds like. It's like the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And so I want to encourage us all to hear the voice of God and to be obedient to what he says. And sometimes his ways, you do know his ways are higher than our ways. And sometimes we want our way, our will, and we kind of sometimes try and help the Lord along a little. And Christians sometimes try and uh, put their case by adding a little, you know, God told me in front when actually it's, I think this, and I'm going to endorse it now with God told me. We'll come back on to that in a minute or two because there's a difference between being led by the Holy Spirit and using little phrases like, I feel led. We'll come back to that. All of us are on a journey and we're learning how to walk the Christian faith. So let's come to our verse, Romans 8, verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. That can say, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So because it's almost a part thought here, you've got to link it with the verse before, which is verse 13. And if you were to put those two thoughts together, it reads something like this. If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live because all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. Which shows us it's not just a matter of being led by the Spirit, but there's our part as well, which is putting to death 
It says here the deeds of the body or the deeds of the flesh. In simple terms, we have choices. On a daily basis, we can put to death stuff that we know is not going to help us. We can deal with issues in our lives that we know the Holy Spirit has spoken to us about. Sometimes we want certain comfort blankets or things that we are comfortable with when God says, I would get rid of that if I was you. And if we are obedient to the Spirit, we actually find that this is a proof of being his children. And it's true, isn't it? Before we came to Christ, it was as though we didn't easily hear his voice. Now, I was brought up in a Christian household, so I think I heard the voice of God through parents and through reading the Bible. But before you become a Christian and before the Holy Spirit indwells, I think you get catches of words. You know, you go to a meeting, you hear a word and God speaks. But when you become a follower of Jesus, everything changes because the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us and we find that he comes close to us. And therefore, it's important that we understand that there's God's part. He wants to lead. He wants to lead us. But there's also our part. We put to death the things of, of the natural world, if you like, and things that are obstacles to him. I wonder if you've ever dared say to God, can you show me a list of stuff that gets in the way of me hearing your voice? I wonder if we're willing to obey what God tells us so that our lives can be shaped. So if, we, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live, because all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Galatians, actually, chapter 5 and verse 16, puts it like this. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature, they are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. That's what I mean by contrast. We looked at this last week. Contrast, old life, new life, darkness, light. And I think we get into trouble if we try to live a kind of dual life. Sundays is God's day, Monday through Saturday is my time. I'm in charge. It's a different world. You know, I, I go as uh, myself into my world, and on a Sunday, I'll give some space to God. No, every day, if we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, every day we're being led by the Spirit. Sometimes we think leading of the Spirit is to do with saying things in meetings. Leading of the Spirit is saying things in business meetings. Being led by the Spirit is saying things in the right way as a teacher with children. It's trusting the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. There's no such divide as sacred and secular. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, everything belongs to God. And we give our lives to God. So when you go into the workplace tomorrow, please be listening to the voice of the Spirit. He's guiding us. He's leading us. And so we're going to ask some very simple questions together, and then we're going to pray together. And the first question from this little verse, those who are led by the Spirit are sons and daughters of God. This is a proof that we are 
his children. Let's ask some questions. The first question is this, this, when does he lead? When does he lead? Simple answer to this is always if we let him. Always. The Greek word for lead is ago, which means to direct the movement of an object from one position to another. The Holy Spirit wants to shift our movement. The Holy Spirit wants to take us on a journey. And I believe that he is continually interested in our progress. He wants to move us every day of our lives into the purpose for which we were born. Sometimes we think that, you know, well, God's got a purpose for my life and we think destiny and sometime in the future, God's, God's got a purpose for your life today. I feel this very profoundly on my way here missing bike races. I'm thinking I've got to talk to people today about being led by the Holy Spirit. This is a huge responsibility, guys. I want to honestly tell you that I'm learning to be led by the Holy Spirit. And as I look back on my life, here's a little thought. Looking back really helps you. Because you sometimes on a daily basis think you're not making much progress. I'm not sure that I'm making any progress at all. But if you do it in years, there are people here you're very different from this time last year. There are people that have walked with God for a long period of time. And as you look back, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, the you of today is very different from the you of yesterday when you started the journey. God is working in our lives. He's working in all of our lives. And folks, when we talk about the leading of the Holy Spirit, sometimes as Christians we think there's a little elite group that hear God. You know those prophets that pass through from America, they hear God. I don't hear God like that. We've got this idea there's this elite group that really hear God, that, that there are certain special spiritual people here that have a kind of a red telephone that rings from heaven on a regular basis, and we're hearing from God. Listen, every one of us who are born of the Spirit are children of God and can hear his voice. You might think I've not heard much. You've heard enough for you to walk into your purpose today. And as you hear his voice and as you start to pray and you want his will more and more, you'll find that he is always leading. He's always leading. The tense there for led is continuously. God does not turn up sporadically and occasionally when you need him. It feels sometimes as though he does. Has God ever gone quiet on you? You know, in those quiet times when you've just got to trust, you've got to sing your song in the middle of the storm. I don't know if you noticed all the songs. A lot of water about, isn't there? Lots of storms, lots of winds, lots of pressure, lots of difficulties. These songs are exactly in line with my message today. He leaves you. He guides you through the storms. You do know he took a whole nation through a sea one day and parted it. That's our God. I'm not going to be able to preach you a comfortable message today that says all of your requirements will be met. But what I can say is this, he'll never, ever, ever, never, ever let you go. He's with you. When we become followers of Jesus, he begins to speak to us. And part of my message today is I want to encourage you to learn to be led. 
To learn to be obedient. Let me just address this feeling-led stuff. I've sometimes on occasion used this little phrase to try and get my point of view across. But actually, let's be quite careful. You know, I was led to do this, or I was led to do that, or God told me this. I'd much rather we say, I think God may be leading me here. What do you think? Because this is important. I had somebody in the the past come to me, and they felt led that they should um, give up on their marriage. Uh, They felt led that their wife was not as spiritual as a wife they could get, and so they felt led to stop their marriage and to find a new model. Uh, Can I just say this was not God? (laughs) How do I know it was not God? Plenty of stuff in the book to tell us we are committed to one another. Marriage really means something. And I believe that we cannot use these little spiritual phrases to do what we want. But that's a thing of maturity, isn't it? If this proves we're children of God, think about it. I don't want to condemn anybody because when you have a little baby, would you say that baby is obedient to the parent's voice? Most of the time, couldn't care what you're saying. Cries, yells. Get a little bit older and toddlers and then you get tension, don't you? Who's really in charge? I observe in church. Many parents are not in charge. It's as simple as that. But I would be a little bit worried, wouldn't you, if by the time you're getting 12, 13, 14, 15, that you're not learning to be obedient to your parents' voice. It's the same in the Christian faith. Sometimes we get really judgmental. You know, you call yourself a Christian. They've been Christians for two or three days. They've not yet learned to hear the voice. Have they? We're really good at sorting people out, aren't we? The problem is when you sort somebody out, there's three fingers pointing back at you. When the moment you say, why don't you be obedient to the Spirit? I've often heard that little voice of the Spirit saying, and you too, son. It's vitally important, isn't it, that we know that he leads us. He wants to lead us continuously. It feels sometimes he turns up last minute, but I can tell you from the word of God, that he leads us and continues to lead us. So when does he lead us? Well, guidance, I believe, should always include wise counsel, checking with God's word, uh, going to people and say, I think it may be that the Holy Spirit's speaking to me. I had a very mature person come to me yesterday and said, I really feel God is redirecting me. This person's a pastor, been a Christian for a long period of time, but had the humility and grace to come and say, I think God might be moving me on. Will you pray about it, please? Immature Christians say, I'm out of fear. Please hear me. Mature Christians say, God may be moving me on. Will you pray about it and will you help me discern what the will of God is? I think, you see, if we're really being led by the Spirit, anything is worth a check Because godly counsel will, you must never be scared of that. I thank God there are people that have spoken into my life that have given checks and balances on this thing called being led by the Spirit. So, the first thing is when. And I would say, 
we're led all the time, continually. We can't always hear his voice, but he's always there, willing to guide us. The second question is, who does he lead? Now, we've already answered this in a sense, but the Phillips translation of this verse says, all who follow the leading of God's spirit are God's own sons and daughters. So who does he lead? He leads his children. He leads those who are followers of Christ. And if you recap Romans chapter 8, there's plenty of information to show how the Holy Spirit works. Because in verse 1 of chapter 8, we're told that when we become followers of Jesus, we, we are known as in Christ. We've talked about this a lot, don't we? In Christ, in Christ. When you become a follower of Jesus, you're in you're in Christ. Then verse 4 talks about walk according to the Spirit. So the Spirit comes and guides us. Verses 9 and 11 of, of, of the chapter say we're controlled and filled by the Spirit. And also in verse 13, we're told to put to death the old nature. So there's that which God does. And we, by an act of will, we do our part to align with the Holy Spirit and we become obedient followers. Just as the disciples had choices, didn't they? They either did it Jesus' way or their own way. And we know from the gospel accounts when the disciples did it their way, they got into a mess. But the more mature they became, they were obedient to God. And then in the Great Commission... They, as disciples, go out but teach everyone who becomes a disciple to obey the will of God. I think obedience is a big deal. I think it's a big deal in families, don't you? I think it's great when we have obedient children. I think it's great, even better, when we have obedient parents. And God wants us, I believe, to progress in the faith. Who does he lead? He leads Every child of God. There's no one excluded. Anyone who's in Christ, anyone who's walking in the Spirit, anyone who's put to death the deeds of the flesh, we are brought into a relationship where we are being led by the Spirit. And as I've already said, before we became Christians, we didn't clearly hear his voice. But when we trust Jesus, we hear the Holy Spirit beginning to speak to us if we learn to distinguish and listen to his voice. Interestingly, the New Testament makes a very clear and striking distinction between sonship by creation and sonship by faith. In other words, we're sons and daughters of Adam by creation, but when we become followers of Jesus, we become sons and daughters of the living God. In a sense, we move, don't we, from created order to new created order, and it's very, very different. So who does he lead? He leads you and me. Isn't it a wonderful thought that we're not on our own? Isn't it great in the storms of life there really is someone who's able to guide us? Don't you think it's fantastic in the complexity of the decisions that we have to take? If we listen to the Holy Spirit, he will guide us and he will help us. And whatever job you're in today, isn't it great news that... You feel a little bit as though you're not going to easily make the right choices and decisions. Why not trust the Holy Spirit? If the children were still in, I would have to say, if you're sitting sat tomorrow, just lean in on God. 
It's not that he'll give you the answer if you didn't know and revise or whatever. I don't know. But what he will do, I think there is a promise he'll help your memory. <laughs> he'll bring back to your attention things that you've learned. Trusting the Holy Spirit, learning that he leads us, he leads his children. I think he guides our children. I think new believers, I want to say, if you've not been a Christian long, listen for his voice. How does it work? Well, you feel awkward about certain atmospheres. You go into certain places and think, I don't belong here. You start to say things and you think, that's not the way I want to speak. I, I, don't, I don't feel aggressive any longer. Something's changing in me. This is being obedient to the Holy Spirit in very simple ways. And so who does he lead? He leads all of us. And when we receive Jesus, we are brought into God's family. It's a proof that we're sons and daughters of God. When does he lead? Well, all of the time. Who does he lead? Every follower of Jesus, every believer. How does he lead? Now, this is where your experience may be different from mine, and we're all wired very differently. Sometimes I get a bit frustrated with people that seem to hear the word of the Lord all the time. You know, they turn left, turn right. Um, God seems to give certain people names and addresses even. And I'm thinking... I just want to know, and I, this is good advice for all of us, I'm, I don't want to know how they're led by the Spirit. I trust it. But I want to know I'm being led by the Spirit. You know, there's a unique leading of the Spirit. I may never be granted certain spiritual gifts that others do. I may not hear this, the voice in the same way, but I can guarantee that he's leading. So how does he lead? Well, a really important picture that the Bible uses for the leading of God and the leading of Jesus and the leading of the Holy Spirit is that of a shepherd. Now, most of the time, you don't go around and see shepherds and sheep, so we do need to identify with a picture that's used through the Scriptures, but if you go to the Middle East, you can see it. It's there all the time, shepherds and sheep, but it's a, it's a great picture. Though I do need to say, yesterday I was in my car which was a novelty. And uh, as I was going down the road, to my right were lots of sheep, lots of lambs, lots of sheep. So in Lincolnshire, we know about sheep. In certain parts of America, you know, I've spoken, and people have not even seen sheep, really, which is quite surprising. Anyway, we, we know about sheep, but perhaps this image or picture of a shepherd and sheep just needs a little bit of explanation. In the Middle East, the shepherd leads the, the sheep. It's a leadership thing. And throughout the scriptures in the Old Testament, God is seen as a shepherd. So when the psalmist, Psalm 23, which all of us know, the psalmist talks about God being like a shepherd. You know, the Lord, Yahweh, is my shepherd. Talks about leading me into still waters. The picture in Psalm 23 is actually a lifelong guidance over a believer, where David says, you're with me in the shadow times. You're with me when the sun's at its height. You're with me towards the end of my life. And even when my enemies surround me, you are still with me. And he leads us. And so in the Old Testament, there's that great picture of God, Yahweh, being shepherd. Jesus, of course, also is God. 
And Jesus in John 10, he speaks to his friends and disciples and the people and he says, I am the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. And in the same way, God the Father is a shepherd. He leads his people. Uh, Jesus, his son, is a shepherd. He leads his people. And the Holy Spirit is like a shepherd. Guides, comforts, protects. And the picture there is of a loving shepherd that leads, that cares for the sheep. That is really concerned that the sheep prosper. A man called Dr. Lloyd-Jones said this, There is no evidence in Christianity... Uh, sorry, there is no violence in Christianity. What the Spirit does is to enlighten and persuade. Because he is a gentle, sensitive spirit, he can easily be grieved. The Holy Spirit never browbeats us. The impulse can be very strong, but there is no driving. There is no compulsion. I feel that God gave me a little word about someone in this place who's been involved with spirit guides in the past. Where you've trusted a, a spirit guide, I just need to say that guide is demanding. There's compulsion. You feel you've got to do this. The Holy Spirit is not like that. The Holy Spirit doesn't drive us. The Holy Spirit gives us choices. The Holy Spirit is not some spirit guide. The Holy Spirit is God. And the Holy Spirit comes to guide his people. I like to think a modern picture might be he's our heavenly tour guide. He takes us through life. He shows us the scenes. He takes us to the mountains. He takes us to the streams. He leads us beside still waters. He restores our soul. The Holy Spirit is with us, showing us how to live. The Holy Spirit is helping us how to define our lives and how to share in fellowship and friendship with others. So how does he lead? He leads like a shepherd. And my final question is this, where does he lead? Where does he lead? The moment you become a Christian, you leave a trail of not knowing where are you going? To a place where you begin to understand that your life can be taken into purpose on a daily basis, yes. But ultimately, we're on a journey. We're on an eternal journey where goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. Ladies and gentlemen, we're on our way to heaven. We are going to be moved and transferred from this earth through Jesus Christ, death will no longer have dominion over us. Life, folks, is very, very short. I got nervous the other day when I saw in the Psalms that we're promised 70 years. And I thought, Lord, please give me a few more. But my desire is to follow wholeheartedly after God because this is, this is not it. We're training for reigning. The future is so bright, the purposes of God, the Holy Spirit is, we'll look at this later in our series, is like a seal, first fruits, first fruits. When we get to heaven, we will see him as he is. Every tear will be dried up. 
Every pain will be gone. Every disease taken away. We will be the perfect us as we walk into eternity. You know this is exciting stuff. Where does he lead? Well, firstly, he leads us into, into truth. John 14, verse 17, he is the spirit of truth. Do you want to know what's true? In a, in a time when it's um, your truth and my truth might be different. No, it's the same question that was around in Jesus' day. Pilate said, what is truth? Well, what is is perhaps not the right. Who is is the right question. Who is truth? Jesus is truth. He leads us into truth. John 16 verse 13 says, he will guide you into all truth. All truth. It's pretty satisfying, isn't it? It's pretty wonderful because we're not trusting in our own intellect and our own ability. We're not making it up as we go along. We're not saying, well, your truth is as valid as my truth. I don't get into those debates. I just try to point us all to Jesus, who is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. If you point in your life to Jesus, you're not going to go far, far wrong. Where does he lead? He leads us into truth. And secondly, he leads us into God's purposes, which are eternal. Walking into God's best for our lives. So let's just apply this as we close. Today, let's all determine we're going to learn to hear his voice. Last week, we talked about practicing the presence. Hearing the voice in the small things. Have you ever been... Let me try and earth this. Have you ever been in a shower and it's got a bit dirty a bit messy, and you hear a little voice, why don't you clean that? Is this just me? And then you have a choice, and, and I've, I've, I've proven this. I've been out, out of the shower. Irene's pleased to hear this, but as you're getting out of the shower, there's this voice, clean the shower. Is this you, Lord? And then you think to yourself, well, even if it's not, it's a good idea to clean the shower. But does God speak about the little things? Does God have an interest in the detail of your life? I believe that he does. When you get to hear his voice and do what he says, it's the most wonderful thing on planet Earth. Learn to hear his voice. Practice prayer. Communicate with God. Ask him about stuff. Share the most trivial things with him. If you were to sit in a car with me when I'm on a journey, you would want me to visit some kind of establishment to have my brain looked into. Because I talk about the most bizarre things to God. And I talk about the most trivial things. And I'm just thankful that God puts up with some of my little idiosyncrasies and the way that I think. Read God's Word on a regular basis. Because you get to know how the spirit operates, spirit and word, spirit and word, obeying the small things. Ladies and gentlemen, are you living a blurred life or a life of contrast? If you follow wholeheartedly after God, you'll hear his voice more and more and you'll move into being a person of obedience. When he convicts of sin, do you down tools and say, Lord, you got me this morning. I'm yielding to you.
where we make a choice not to do that thing, not to go that way. Habits that have been long-standing that you know you shouldn't be doing. Why not just yield to the Spirit and let His power come? I believe we as children need to be released from fear, recognizing we are His children. And listen, sin becomes less attractive the closer you come to Jesus and the more you walk with him, sin has no kind of attraction anymore. There's certain things that I think people think they live in life and I think boring. Because the moment you come to Christ, you find life in all its fullness. And I felt God say to me today, tell the people, listen, please listen. I felt God tell me this this morning. You are doing better than you think you are. You are making progress in the things of God. You've said to yourself on occasions, you know, I should be better than this. I should be doing more. I should be reading more. And I believe God's saying to you, I'm noticing the small things, the shifts and the changes that you never even notice. They're taking place in your life. You are making progress. The you of yesterday is very different from the you of today. And if you will come close, says the Lord, I'm going to direct you in my paths and my paths lead to pleasant places. I've placed you within boundaries of pleasantness and goodness and kindness and goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Because I want to become your guide. I want to be your helper. I want to stand alongside you when the, the storms start to rumble. I want to be with you when the thunder's there and you can't even think for yourself. And when you come to the end of things, I felt God say that there were people here that in the middle of the night were grappling with fears and fears of the future, fears of tomorrow. God says, if you will just yield that fear to me today, I'm going to open new doors. I'm going to give you even things that you've got into thought patterns and you said, I'll never break out of this. I'll never break out of that. God says, you're going to be a person of breakthrough because I've already caused the breakthrough to happen. I've already brought brought salvation through the sending of my son. God wants us to know that when we're in him, we're brought into a life of liberty and freedom in the Holy Spirit. I also felt God say there were people here that were suffering from dizzy spells. I believe they're going to stop today. Dizzy spells. Dizzy spells. Uh, someone in the night was grappling with neuralgia and you were thinking, you know, is this worth, is this worth, you know, going to the dentist? Neuralgia, I pray that that power be broken over your life today. People had been grappling with long-standing, I've got to call it what it is, it's sin because God's highlighted that to you. Long-standing sins, you've got into the habit of it and you say, I'll never be different. If you will hear my words and the word of the Lord today, you can be free from that thing and you can walk into a brand new life. If you'll get the contrast, if you'll turn the knob and get the contrast, don't live in shadow areas where the devil lurks. Don't be in a, a sort of a partially black, partially white. No, make the contrast. Be a follower of Jesus today. Follow wholeheartedly after him and he will take care of the rest. Thanks, guys. Love you a lot. We're going to give an opportunity now for anybody who needs to make a first-time decision to follow Jesus Christ. It's going to come up on the screen. We're going to say it together. And if you're not yet trusting Jesus, trust him today. Start this marvelous journey. Let's pray together, shall we? Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. 
Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that I can get connected to you now because you are alive today. I admit that I have lived my life without you and have messed up. I ask for your total forgiveness and I commit myself to you. Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. I receive you into my life and ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's just bow our heads. Give this a moment of reverence. If this morning you've prayed this prayer for the first time, I'd love it if you just raise your hand. And we'll get a booklet into your hand, but this is more about this personal decision you're making on the inside. You're saying, this is me today. I want to wholeheartedly commit my life to Jesus. I want to start this journey of faith. I wonder if you'd just boldly just slip your hand in the air right now. And we'll get a booklet to you that helps you on your journey. We don't want you to be alone. Believe this opportunity for people to reach out to God and say, Lord, I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. This is your moment to respond and react. Just place your hand in the air, get a booklet to you, and we're closing. Anyone at all. We're around to chat. There'll be people that will pray for you at the front. It will encourage me a great deal if... If uh, when you know a healing has taken place in your life, you fill in a praise card and you let us know. Behind the scenes, God is moving and he's moving all the time. And we've got to honor him and thank him for answered prayer. Thank you so much for the honor of being able to speak this morning. Let's go listen to what the Spirit is saying, not only to the church, but to you and to me. God bless you all.